0: Luck, awesome. Thank you, Daryl. So good to be here at Elam Christian Centre, Pukekohe. How are you guys going this morning? Awesome. Hey, don't you guys just have an incredible band? Can we put our hands together for these guys? You guys are amazing. Hey, uh, drummer, Caden. Caden, is it? Drummer, come on here, bud. I, uh, when I was watching you drumming, man, you're awesome. Do you know that? I, I really felt like God saying that um, he's given you a dream or he's going to give you a dream. And it's not some small dream. It's a big dream. And uh, he's just saying, don't shy away from it. Don't hide it. Share it with those people around you. Pray into it. Press into it. Because, um, man, you've got such a huge call on your life. So, awesome, man. Thank you so much. You're awesome. Well, it's so exciting to be here with you guys today. Uh, back here. I feel blessed to be back here at Pukukoi. Um, you know, it's good you guys invited me back. I mustn't have done such a bad job last time I was here. So, that's, uh, that's always good. You know, I... Um, I believe that you guys have got two of the greatest pastors uh, here in this nation, you know. Pastors Daryl and Denise, you guys are amazing. I love you guys. Uh, you guys are constantly inspiring me, and I believe uh, in giving honor where honor is due. So church, can we just put our hands together for your pastors? You guys are incredible. Uh, so, uh, yeah, for those of you who do not know who I am, my name is Andy, and as, uh, as Daryl said, that I'm uh, from Elam Reba. My wife, Danny, and I, we hit up the Young Adult Ministry. Uh, I also hit up the Dream Team, as well as the overall running of Sunday services. Um, I hit uh, up the social media and online presence. Uh, I also lead the, the Sunday night services. Uh, I also do some work for Elam Leadership College. So Daryl's a little bit of my boss on Thursdays, so I'm um, um, a student support for some of the first year interns. Uh, my wife, Danny, she runs the Elam Woman Program, Growth Track. Uh, so you know, we keep them busy, but we're absolutely loving doing what we're doing. Uh, why don't you turn to your neighbor and say, I am so blessed to be sitting next to you today. <laughs> now turn to your second favorite neighbor and say, you are blessed to be sitting next to me. All right, are you guys ready for the word this morning? Fantastic. Before we get into it, let us pray. Dear Lord God, we, uh, we just thank you for your presence here this morning. Lord Father, we thank you that you are a faithful God. And I thank you for the opportunity to share your word. And I pray that as I speak, it wouldn't be my own words coming out, but it'd be your words, Lord. I pray your spirit be ministering to the hearts of everyone here and that everyone will leave having received something personal from you. In Jesus' name. And everyone said amen and amen. Well, have you ever been so hungry that you went to extreme lengths just to get some food? You know, my wife, Danny and I, we were blessed to be able to spend our Christmas holidays in Bali with her family. And you know that when you buy a plane ticket, there are two options. You can either fly direct to your destination, or you can do what they call uh, a stopover. But we went for the stopover option. And so instead of an eight-hour direct flight from Auckland to Bali, ours took us 21 hours. We went from Auckland to Gold Coast, Gold Coast to uh, Kuala Lumpur, and then Kuala Lumpur to Bali. Now, the thing that I don't understand is that we literally flew over Bali to get to Kuala Lumpur and then flew back. Like, that makes no sense to me, right? Honestly, had they given me the option, I would have parachuted out of the plane as we were flying over Bali. And so by the time we get to Kuala Lumpur, we were hungry. Like we were starving. We hadn't eaten anything on the plane because they only accepted Malaysian currency. And we now had a six-hour wait until our next flight. I know you're like, it's a hard life, Andy, I know. But we had a six-hour wait, and so I thought I was going to go and get some food. But the problem was, it was 3 a.m. in the morning, and everything was closed. But I was determined. I was hungry. I was going to get some food. And so I leave my wife at the gate, and I embark on this noble journey to try and find some food. Now, I don't know if anyone here has ever been to the Kuala Lumpur Airport, but it's pretty big, right? Like, it is massive. I kid you not, I must have been walking around for at least an hour just trying to find something that was open. And eventually I come across this little donut shop. And so I buy a whole lot of donuts and I take them back to Danny at the gate. And there we are, 3 a.m. in the morning in the Kuala Lumpur International Airport eating donuts. Now, praise Jesus, calories don't count when you're on holiday, right? (laughs) But you see, the truth is that when you're hungry enough, you will not stop until you get some food, right? When you are hungry enough for something, you will not stop until you get it. The title of my message this morning is Hungry for a Miracle. Someone say Hungry for a Miracle. (laughs) Today we're going to be looking at the book of Luke, chapter 18, verse 35 to 43. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there now or you can follow along in the notes or on screen. See, this is the story of the blind beggar. Many of you may be familiar with the story. However, today I, I want to pull it apart. Because I believe that it holds real truth as to how we can receive a miracle in our lives. Is that good, church? Awesome. Well, we pick up in uh, verse 35. But before we get into that, you know, one thing you need to understand is that Jesus at this point in his narrative had already performed many miracles. He had performed many miracles, and so Jesus and his disciples are actually on this journey heading into the city of Jericho, and there are a large group of people following him into the city, and so we pick up in verse 35. It says, as Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. Someone say begging. One thing you need to know about me is I'm a very uh, uh, vocal preacher, so the more feedback you give me, the better I'll preach. If you guys are sitting there quiet, I'm going to take about two hours, okay? So if you guys want to have those sausages afterwards, the more you give me, the faster I'll preach. (laughs) And so here we have the blind beggar. See, he'd probably been uh, blind since birth. And so begging passers-by for money was all that he knew how to do. It was his lifestyle. You know, every day he would sit there from young and he would beg people for money so that he could uh, uh, buy food to survive. You see, the truth is that the blind beggar had spent his whole life asking people for help to address the symptoms of his problem. See, the blind beggar's problem wasn't that he didn't have money to buy food. The problem was that he couldn't see, therefore couldn't work to earn money to, to eat. In verse 36, It says that when he heard the crowd going by, he asked what was happening. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. Someone say, passing by. by. He called out. out. Say, called out. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. If you're taking notes this morning, this is my first point. When we're hungry for a miracle, we call out. You know, I wonder how many people Jesus had passed who didn't call out for help. I wonder how many people Jesus had passed on that that road into the city who had just accepted that their circumstances were never going to change, that their problems were too big to fix, and so they just let Jesus pass by. But this blind beggar, when he heard that Jesus was passing by, something within him stirred up. Faith began to rise, and he called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. You know, I wonder How many of us are here today who are in need of a miracle but have just accepted that our problems are too big, that our circumstances are never going to change? How many of us are here today and have gone our whole life held back? And every time that Jesus comes our way, we just let him pass by. Every time we come to church, we stay quiet and miss our miracle. You know, who knows that if you're at home or at work and you injured yourself, who knows you wouldn't stay quiet, right? If you broke your leg or cut yourself or had a serious injury, who knows that you'd be yelling out for help, right? You'd be calling out for someone to call an ambulance. You'd be yelling out for someone who knows first aid. You'd be calling out for help. You know, I don't know about you, but when I'm in need of a miracle, I'm not gonna stay quiet. I'm not gonna let Jesus pass me by. I'm not gonna miss my miracle. I'm gonna be calling out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Come on, church, let's be a people who'd be so filled with faith on the inside that no matter how bad the situation may look, no matter how bad the, the odds might look, we would know that our God has done it before and He will do it again. You see, our God is the creator of the universe. He literally holds the world in His hands. And yet, we think that He cannot heal that sickness. Or we think that He cannot heal that marriage. Ephesians 3.20 tells us that our God is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to His power that is at work within us. See, when we're hungry for a miracle, we call out. When we're hungry for a miracle, we pray. We call out for that provision. We call out for those finances. We call out for that help. We call out for things to change. We don't stay quietly suffering. We speak up and declare the promises of God over our lives. Amen? I was just helping someone this morning. But have you ever called out for help and got in trouble for it? Have you called out to someone and got in trouble for it? I have. When I was younger, I went to the movies with with some friends, and somehow we ended up getting uh, separated and sitting in different rows. And I remember during the movie, I, I call out to one of my friends. I don't even remember why. I must have been wanting some popcorn or something. But as I call out, the people who were sitting around me told me off and told me to be quiet. How rude is that? Here I am trying to have a conversation with my friends and they have the nerve to tell me off? No, it was fair enough. We see, this is exactly what happened to the blind beggar. Not that he got told off for talking during a movie, but see, after he called out to Jesus in verse 39, it says that those who led the way rebuked him and told him to be quiet. Those who led the way. You see, There was a large gathering of people uh, surrounding Jesus and escorting him into the city of Jericho. These were the people who were supporting the spread of the good news. People who had seen the many miracles that Jesus had done. They knew what Jesus was capable of. And yet for whatever reason, when this blind beggar called out for help, they rebuked him. They told him to be quiet. They pushed him aside. Maybe it was inconvenient. Maybe he wasn't important enough. For whatever reason, they rebuked him and told him to be quiet. See, this is the truth, church. We live in a fallen world, and there will always be people trying to silence us when we're calling out to Jesus. There'll be times when you're rebuked for what you believe. Maybe you're believing and praying for that job promotion, but your colleagues say, no, you're just not good enough. Now, maybe you're, you're believing for a miracle, but your friends say, yeah, but you've got to be realistic. Maybe you're, you're believing for, for things in your life to change or to kick that addiction, and your family say, yeah, but you're never going to change. You're always going to be the same. But despite this, I love the blind beggar's response in verse 39. But he shouted all the more. Another version says that he shouted even louder. You see, the blind beggar was not stopped or put off by those rebuking him and telling him to be quiet. See, he was hungry for a miracle, and so he called out to God. He had had enough of his current circumstances, so he called out to God because he knew that the only person who could help him was passing him by. He was persistent. Number one, when we're hungry for a miracle, we need to call out. Number two, we need to be persistent. See, when you're hungry for a miracle, don't let the voices of those around you stop you from receiving your miracle. When the doctors say that you're sick and there's nothing that they can do, be persistent. Call out to God even louder. When the bank tells you that you'll never be able to buy that house be persistent, call out to God even louder. When your teachers tell you that you'll never pass those exams or you won't amount to anything, be persistent, call out to God even louder. Come on, when the devil tells you that you'll never receive your miracle, that your life is never going to change, be persistent, call out to God even louder. See, when you're hungry for a miracle, don't take no for an answer. Call out to God persistently. Pray persistently. Ask and keep asking. Believe and hold on to your faith. Is there anyone here this morning who's hungry for a miracle? Galatians 6.9 tells us that we must not grow weary in doing good. For in due time we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. If we don't give up. We pick up the story of the blind beggar in verse forty. It says, Jesus stopped and ordered the man to be brought to him. You know, when we call out to God, it stops him in his tracks. When we pray and call out to God persistently, it gets his attention, amen? It goes on to say uh, that when, the, when he came near, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? Bit of an obvious question, don't you think? A blind man asking Jesus for mercy, surely he's only asking for one thing. Lord, I want to see, he replied. See, Jesus was testing his faith. This blind beggar, all his life, he had he'd been sitting there and asked people for help to address the symptoms of his problem. Asking for money because he couldn't work to earn money for himself. See, Jesus was testing his faith and he asked not for money. He could have said, God, Jesus, can I have some money? Can I have some food? But no, he said, "Can I want my sight. I want to see. See, this is what I want you to understand. The blind beggar wasn't asking Jesus to change the situation around him. He was asking Jesus to change the situation in him. He wasn't asking Jesus to change the circumstances that he was sitting in. He was asking Jesus to change the circumstances in himself. See, the truth is that often the problem is not external, but rather internal. You know, maybe you've been praying for that pay rise at work or that promotion, and you've been seeing people around you getting it, but you've been praying and waiting and waiting, and you haven't seen it yet. Can I suggest, take it that next step. Pray a little bit deeper. Instead of praying, God, would you, would you help me get that pay rise, start praying, God, would you help me become more effective at my job? And then watch as you get that promotion and that pay rise. Maybe you're a business owner here this morning and you've been praying that your business would grow and that God would bless your business or for that business contract to come through. But you've been waiting and you're not seeing anything. Can I suggest, take that next step. Pray a little bit deeper. Instead of asking God, would you bless my business? Ask God, would you use my business to bless others? And then watch, as your business blesses others, God will bless your business because we are blessed to bless. You know, maybe you're here this morning and you've been praying for a long time for a husband or for a wife and you've been praying and praying and to be honest, you're feeling discouraged. Can I suggest, take that next step. Pray a little bit deeper. Instead of praying, God, would you prepare that person for me? Pray, God, would you prepare me for them? See, for all we know, God has already prepared them but he's waiting on you. You see, often we think we're waiting on God, but He's waiting on us. It's always easier to focus on the symptoms, but much harder to focus on the root cause. Number one, when we're hungry for a miracle, we need to call out. Number two, when we're hungry for a miracle, we need to be persistent. And the third thing we can see from this passage of Scripture is that the blind man asked boldly. He was bold with what he was asking. See, when we're hungry for a miracle, we need to come before God and boldly ask him for what we need. James 1.6 in the message translation says to ask boldly, believingly, and without second thought. It goes on to say that people who worry their prayers are like wind-whipped waves. You see, the truth is, the Bible tells us that we have been given authority over this world. That we as Christians have authority over the enemy. We have authority over sickness and pain over disease and suffering, over poverty and addiction. Because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross for us, we have authority over death and grave through relationship with Him. The truth is, church, you are called to be the head and not the tail, to live as co-heirs with Christ, to live a life that displays the goodness of God's love and the power of His righteousness. I don't know about you, but that doesn't sound like a timid, held back, reserved life to me. It sounds like a life lived in power and strength and boldness. Amen? See, when we're hungry for a miracle, we need to ask boldly, call out to God, be persistent and be bold with our prayers. Truth is, we're called to live a bold life, and it starts by coming before God and boldly asking for your miracle. Is there anyone here this morning who is hungry for a miracle? We're called to live a bold life. See, when you're sick and tired of feeling burdened and defeated, stand up. Let faith fill your spirit. Let a fire burn within you and become hungry for your miracle. Call out to God. Be persistent and be bold with your prayers. Come on, church, Jesus is in this place today. Are you going to let him pass you by? Are you going to let your miracle pass you by? Or are you going to call out to him? Are you going to ask boldly for the very thing that he has already promised you? If the keyboardist can join me on stage. Is there anyone here hungry for a miracle today? See, everyone here in this place is in need of a miracle. Whether it be financial, personal, family, family. Relational friends, maybe it is a dream that God has given you. I want you to do something for me just now. I want you to, to think in your mind, what is the miracle that you need in your life? What is that thing that you're believing for? Maybe it's a healing, maybe it's a miracle that God has uh, that, that you have actually given up on, maybe it's a dream that God gave you many years ago that you've forgotten about. Whatever it is, I want you to picture that in mind and hold that miracle. In your mind. See, I believe a miracle can happen here now today. Matthew 21, verse 22 says, And whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. In just a moment, we're going to bow our heads and pray, and as we do, we're going to call out and ask God boldly for your miracle. Don't worry about the person sitting next to you or the person in front of you. See, every single person here today is in need of a miracle. I'm standing here before you and before God in need of a miracle, and I'm gonna be calling out to God for a miracle. Ask and keep asking. See, I believe 2019 is the year you receive your miracle. This is the year you receive your breakthrough. Here's a word for someone here this morning. This is the year you step into all that God has for you. Come on, would you call out to God? Would you be persistent and be bold in your prayers? Let's get excited for a miracle this morning. Let's get hungry for a miracle. Let's let's build a faith within us for a miracle this morning. Come on, does anyone here have faith for a miracle? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? After the blind beggar had called out to Jesus and been persistent when rebuked by the crowd and after he'd asked boldly for his miracle, Jesus said to him in Luke 18, verse 42, Receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus, praising God. When all the people saw it, they also praised God. I believe a miracle can happen here today, this morning, in this place. That miracle that you're thinking of, that healing that you're believing for, that job position or or opportunity that you've been praying for, God wants to give that to you today in this place. So across this place right now, would you lift up your voice, not worrying about those around you? Would you call out and ask God for your miracle, whether it's out loud or in your heart or in your mind? But would you begin to call out to God because we're not called to be timid, we're called to be bold. The blind beggar asked boldly and he received his miracle. And I believe that this morning, Jesus, God is saying to believe that you have received. Ask, pray, and believe that you have received that healing. Believe that you have received that job. Believe that you have received that house. Believe that you have received that husband, that wife. Believe that your children will come to know Jesus. Believe that your family member will be saved. Believe you will find that that purpose that you've been looking for, that that dream will come to pass. Believe you have received. This morning, would you call out to God? Would you be persistent and be bold with your prayer? Ask and keep asking. This is the year you receive your miracle. You might not receive it immediately, but you'll receive it if you don't give up. Whatever we ask in prayer, we will receive if we have faith. Lord God, I just thank you for every person in this place. I thank you for every every person who's boldly asking for their miracle in their heart, and their spirit, and their mind, Lord God. You know our deepest needs. And I thank you that your miraculous hands, that you are the miracle maker. You are the way maker, that you're moving in this place, Holy Spirit, and you're releasing what needs to be released. You're bringing breakthrough in this place. Chains are being broken. Miracles are being released. Healing is being released in Jesus' name. And Father, we claim it. We receive it in your mighty name and we thank you that the best is yet to come because you have a plan and a purpose for each and every single one of us and it's not to to, to fail or to live in fear and suffering but to live a life of hope and goodness and prosperity in Jesus' name. And if you believe that this morning, would you give God a shout of praise in this place? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You know, before I, I hop off and give the mic back. I believe that there's one other person, there's one other group of people that Holy Spirit wants to touch in this place. You know, maybe you've been listening to this message today and you've been thinking, man, I I want that hope. I want to have a relationship where I can actually have authority over sickness, where I can have authority over my life. You know, maybe you've been living life and you always feel like you're on the back foot, Like no matter how hard you try, you just just can't quite make it. Can I tell you, you're not meant to do it alone. We were called to live in relationship with Jesus because the truth is we cannot do it on our own. We cannot reach our goals by ourselves, and we don't have to. Jesus is here in this place. Are you going to let him pass you by this morning? Or would you say, Jesus, would you help? So, right now, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you and you want to call out to Jesus, you you don't want to let him pass you by anymore, you don't want to stay quiet, but you want him in your life, you want his goodness in your life, you want to live a life in relationship with Jesus and see the amazing things that follow from that. If that's you in this place with every head bowed and every eye closed, would you lift your hand? Not to embarrass you because I, I would like to I would love to pray a prayer with you, and I'd love to know. Who I'm praying for. So on the count of three, if that's you and, and you know that you, you want to have a relationship with Jesus, whether you've walked out of it or maybe you've never had a relationship, one, God loves you. Two, He died on the cross, took all our sins so we could have relationship with Him. Three, if that's you, would you raise your hand across this place? Hands going up everywhere in this place. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. God loves you. Thank you, Jesus. Church, would you repeat this prayer after me, especially if that was you and you made that decision in your heart. Dear Jesus. Come on, church, repeat this after me. Dear Jesus, I thank you that you love me. I thank you that you died on the cross for me so that I could have relationship with you. I thank you that I don't have to live this life alone. That I don't have to go through suffering alone. But that through you, I can do all things. From this moment forward, I am a Christian. And I choose to live your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, can we put our hands to those people who made that decision? Thank you. Excellent. Fantastic. Come on and Can we also thank Pastor Andy this morning?